What's up? Hello, hello. Hey, what up, man? All right, let's get right into it. My name's Philip. This is Ryan, and this is the Lip. We are here. We're going to bring you high energy. You know, pretty deep insights to what we see in the sports world, providing context. You know, not polarizing to a certain team. So we're going to be actually, you know, putting out what we see based off of what we see. So. Without further ado, I'll give you a little bit of an intro about myself, and then I'll pass it over to Ryan, and then we'll get right into riffing open these sports teams. Um, obviously, my name is Philip, Saints fan, uh, born in the state, and uh, raised in the Panhandle, though. So I love, you know, love this area. I love the whole. I love living by the water. You know. But other things I'm into, you know, business, mindset, elevation etc. So just everything about getting better each and every day is uh, something that I take pride in. So Ryan, here we go. I'll uh, pass over the torch to you. Well, a little bit about Ryan. Ryan happens to be an Eagles fan. And unlike some, you know, Eagles fans, I'm not just here to solely berate the Cowboys, but a little about myself. <laughs> I do happen. That's what I got to be a- Huge, huge sports fanatic myself. Actually, recently uh, gathered an intern at ESPN Radio myself, so I'm very happy to start that. And I'm working on this here with Philip. So we're definitely looking at expanding new routes and growing as a career. Yep. But yep. aside from that, I myself, very down-to-earth, as I said, very sports-oriented, very highly opinionated. And I think without further ado, we should jump into it. All right, let's get right into it. Last night, we all watched Thursday Night Football. Everybody saw the Jaguars beat the Titans. Or you may not have watched it because the Jaguars beat the Titans, and that's not exactly a game that everybody's, you know, setting the report. Thought it was preseason. <laughs> no, I, I agree. But, I mean, it, 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 was, it was definitely a good game. Um, the biggest thing I could take away from that, man, we have our new – we have our next franchise quarterback in the NFL. Um, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew in a league that seems to be in a transition state from the younger guys. I mean, from the older guys, I guess kind of going to the younger guys. We just have so many good quarterbacks that are like under 25. It, I think we've got our next one. I, I believe Gardner Minshew is beyond, you know, proved his ability as a starter in this league. Um, that game last night he put on was magnificent. I mean, to come in there and on the, you know, on the stage in Thursday, no other games on TV, you know, everybody's going to be watching that game. If they're watching any game, unless you saw the Tulane Houston finish last night, which was honestly extremely epic. Um, they, uh, anyway, I'll get off of that though. But, um, yeah, the, the whole feel in Jacksonville at this point to me has turned around from from having your Super Bowl MVP signee come from the from Philadelphia and Nick Foles, and then he goes down with an injury just to be replaced by Gardner Menchu, who I, I gotta say looked a little more dynamic than Nick Foles himself. I'm not gonna say he's a better quarterback because he's not developed and he's not had more than one game against Tennessee who shut, shut down the Browns in week one, but then laid an egg in week two against the Colts. So, I mean, do we really know who Tennessee is? But I mean, if you're Gardner Menchu, you couldn't ask for a better game to come out and have your show with than Tennessee. You know, you could have been put against uh, Baltimore on a Thursday night game and come out and that would have been a brutal one or just any team that's just overwhelmingly good on defense or overwhelmingly good on offense. And honestly, the Titans are neither. So, <laughs> And I'm going to go ahead and add to that, and I 100% agree. Looking at Gordon Minshew play, he shows so much poise, and you are absolutely right in this new day and age with all of these young quarterbacks where we're going yeah. from players like Brandon Whedon's getting drafted number one overall by the Browns or wherever he went, you know what I mean? Right. All these flukes, this, this, and that. And within the past three, four years, 
we're getting all this amazing young talent under center. Even Daniel Jones kind of stands out. He stood out to me in the preseason. Okay. Now, on the trend yeah. of young quarterbacks, that's where the Titans need to move next, and that's to move on from Mariota and get a young gun under center. You know, I don't know why they – I don't know what it's going to take for them to realize that Mariota, I guess – you know, I think it, I think honestly, now that you said that, I think last night was the last straw for Mariota. I think that he got just – he just looked stagnant. You know, if you're going to – you're going to be a Marcus Mariota type of quarterback where you're not really you're going to pick apart a defense with your arm, at least be able to make the short intermediate throws. And then on third and six scamper for a first down, extend drives. Like that's a very real possibility. And that's a very real niche in the NFL. I mean, we're in- and I, w- I will say too, it's not even just Mariota. It's a person who was drafted with him as well. Jameis Winston. Those are two college-style quarterbacks who have had very small success at an NFL level and yet are still starting under center. What are these teams thinking? It's, it's, I, I, now that you, I mean, I can't really blame them, I guess. These two quarterbacks coming out of college, I mean, we, we assumed that this was going to be the Brady-Manning uh, rivalry for the next 10-so years. Um, excuse me, but... It has been quite the opposite. It's been extremely underwhelming. And if you're a fan of either franchise, I think you just cut your losses short and you move forward. Mariota, absolutely serviceable. I think as a backup, I mean, he can win you a couple games if you get hurt, if your starter goes down. But to put your eggs in a basket all on Mariota, I think that would be just that would just be, you know blind faith in what we've already seen like what is like we don't need to see anymore we know what Mariota is now now what are you going to do about it and in all honesty they just need to move on from it and that's where Jacksonville is fortunate because even with all the money they just spent on Nick Foles they have their replacement because Nick Foles is definitely in the back half of his career he's at the end of his prime that's guaranteed right no, and they went out a lot more life and found themselves a gem like the Patriots did in the sixth round of the draft. They took Brady. Yes. So these two guys have a lot to be to be in comparison with Brady, and have him in the same sentence as Gardner Menchu. Man, what am I doing right now? We are putting Gardner Menchu and Tom Brady in the same sentence. I love it. It's 2019 football. I love it. Now Brady, yes, did have Bill Belichick. Be it that. Gardner Minshew does have Doug Marone, be it that. But Brady was put into the better position for starters right, Brady, after Drew Bledsoe went down. Make those and plays, though. Gardner Minshew is here looking like he's been in the league for like three years. There's some throws that he's obviously overlooking, little check downs to open receivers, but he's also making spectacular throws down the field as well as a second option. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Gardner Minshew's having – he's having to learn on the fly. His learning curve is going to be about four games. After four games, he should be able to just take the reins and just go with it. But right now he's in a learning curve. He's, he's, he's taking the test. And um, last night it looked like he had all the answers to it. I mean, you're obviously not going to be, you know, Tom Brady passing, but he made his, he made his money moving around in the pocket scrambling i mean he made some good throws and made some good plays and as he refines his game he'll become more of a just pure passer who can run and that guy i i mean i i take his arm over and i hate to say this but dak dak prescott has got a phenomenal arm i'm not going to sit here and go backwards he has made leaps and bounds in his throwing ability but i think this gardner kid's got a little more finesse to his game i think he's got a better touch to his deep ball and he can run equally as good as Dak Prescott. And that's if – you, if you really wanted to, you know, take a guy who can throw and run as your the, quarterback, then that's what the day and age we're in. Then Gardner Menchu is should be in the same category with all these other guys. No, and I totally agree. And, I mean, when you look at Dak Prescott's situation, who does he have? He has Zeke. Dak Prescott didn't really become a proficient thrower until they traded for Amari Cooper. When you look at the Jaguars and Gardner Minshew, 
their number one receiver, some is, you know, he's emerging, DJ Chark, second-year receiver, and the box is always stacked against Leonard Fournette, and he's making plays. He's, he's, making, he's making all the throws. He's making all the checkdowns. He's making all the right reads. And the dude is a born leader. You look at him in that post-game press conference, and it's almost like he's been there before. Like, he's just like like, – like, he's just casual – Casual Joe, man. He's he's made for the big lights. I think we have our next, we have our next franchise quarterback in the NFL. It's a beautiful thing because quarterback play makes this league great, and way more than half of the league has, you know, beyond serviceable quarterbacks. So, congratulations, Jacksonville. You have potentially revived y'all's season after you lost your quarterback, and it felt like lost your season because you lost Nick Foles in week two and I don't think anybody saw Nick Gardner Menchu the Gardner Menchu era starting as early as it did exactly and I mean really just a you know just like looking at it from an outside perspective too and it's just like the Titans going back yeah exactly they, they need someone new under center they have assets everywhere else Derek Henry's come into his own but if you're the Jaguars, you're sitting pretty for your future. Man, if you're the Jaguars, you, you are very grateful that you have him. Because the same way, and I, I got to go back to Dak Prescott, the same way Tony Romo goes down, and it's almost like, where do we go from here? And then they pull out this guy named Dak Prescott, and he takes them on a tear. Three years, four years later, here we are. And that is his team, you know undoubtedly and he's a franchise quarterback undoubtedly and he's a household name undoubtedly so with this Gardner Menchu project unraveling right in front of us we almost have another Dak Prescott on our hands where he comes in for the starter Nick Foles you know everybody's kind of probably like this sucks <laughs> Gardner Menchu is our Gardner Menchu is our quarterback but you know, just like Dak Prescott's done, he's proved the time and time again, proved time and time again that he he can play. And there's no, I don't know why people want to just pretend he can't and, you know, act like it's because he has Zeke and the O-line. Like, no, he has to go out there and make those plays to make these guys look good. Gardner Menchu has done exactly that as well. So, again, I think we have another Dak Prescott on the in the league in uh, Gardner Menchu, except this kid can actually throw the deep ball a little better. And it is just one night. I don't want to overreact. They beat the Titans. But they beat the Titans. I mean, Baker Mayfield couldn't beat the Titans. I mean, that's not a bad team. That's a decent, you know, that's a decent squad up there in uh, Nashville. And they went into Cleveland, and they made it their home. Unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable stuff. So I guess we'll leave that one. And uh, both had Jacksonville winning last night. Yep. Sure enough, I guess uh, guess we were right for once one of these days. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, I want to segue into a personal topic. I said I wasn't going to be all about the Saints, but since Drew Brees went down and we placed Got to talk about the future now. It's, let's just talk about the season right now. The New Orleans I mean, Saints just lost Drew Brees for about five to six weeks. Our next three opponents, or our next two opponents, are easily playoff caliber teams. We play Seattle, and we play Dallas. After that, I think we play the Buccaneers a bye week, and then it lightens up after that. So let's say in the six weeks we play them, we go – Three and two. In the six weeks we play with Autumn, we go three and two. Drew Brees comes back, and we have a, a decent record. I think it's not over, personally. And that's just – I'm just going to get to the straight to the point. With these next two games coming up, if we can at least take one of them, you know, Dallas or Seattle, you know, I'd rather play one of these teams right now with our, with our quarterback situation than later. Let's see how we stand against a team that's actually serviceable and – beyond serviceable against teams that are actually good. So like Seattle this Sunday, 325 Fox sports, you know, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman game of the week, you know, 
who that nation will be all in there, I guess. I, I don't know if they're even with the rest, but I'm not going to get into that. But um, it's going to be interesting to see. We're going to have to we're going to have to muddy up the game. I think we're playing two quarterback set, which I love Sean Payton doing that because it's just we, Teddy Bridgewater can't do it completely on his own. He's not a Drew Brees. There's only one Drew Brees. And that's where my biggest concern comes into play for the absence of Drew Brees. Because like you said, yes, if you can somehow manage to squeeze out at least one or two of this, you know, next coming two weeks, the Saints are going to be, you know, sitting pretty for the Breeze return. Yeah, man. We, but we just got to split. We got to win at least two or three games. We can't go to. The question solely relies on Teddy Bridgewater. Because the way that Taysom Hill is, is he's kind of like a Swiss Army knife. You use him everywhere. I don't know if he's the guy to keep under center. Whereas Bridgewater, I, you know, we, we've seen, you know, some things that he can do his first year with the Vikings or his second year, he wound up making the Pro Bowl. He did. But he, I need to see from him that he actually has what it takes to propel this team and not leave them in a rut come the middle to end of the season. You know, I also have to agree with you that Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be the – the savior um he's i've seen too much he's not he a lot of people thought he was going to be a lot i'm not trying to dog the guy but you know gardner menchu came in last night lit it up you either got it or you don't teddy bridgewater just doesn't have it now maybe he can develop it whatever that it factor is which is like in my opinion it's just having a feel for the game and i, I don't think he has that so when you look at Drew Brees' press conference post the Rams game, I think his concern came with, I don't have a guy behind me that I can trust. Now, when I remember Josh McCown coming in for the Saints and he backed up, Drew Brees was sitting on the sidelines, you know, pretending to get the snap under center. The cameras were on him and when he was out that game and Josh McCown was out there delivering missiles, you know, throwing perfectly thrown balls and just absolutely delivering a, a good game not making mistakes, you know, handing the ball off, you know, making play actions, making the right read. Teddy, to me, is just a mistake. I like waiting to happen every play, and it scares me when he drops back and makes those throws because he puts our guys in position to get hit hard. We got to protect Michael Thomas. That's our $20 million guy, and he's, he's throwing them in the freaking middle of the field with the safety coming over the top, and he's throwing them and he's leading them. You got to throw that backwards so he can – Get down, catch the ball, get down, man. Like, there's certain things that you just, as a quarterback, have to know and do. And that's what gives me my biggest concern about the Saints. Well, the, is when Sean are you Payton. going to actually get your backup for Drew Brees? Well, we're still maximizing what we need to get out of Drew Brees. He's still got right. potentially. He doesn't have much left, though. I'd say at most four years. Exactly. Four years is a long time. Absolutely. But we should. If we should. I, I, I feel like if like you are the Saints, you should probably look for someone that Breeze can probably mentor before he goes and not just be like, oh, this is his last year. Now we're going to get a backup. I think they should start planning for it now. Aaron Rodgers was the backup to Brett Favre, and look at him. I think if you get someone decent and give him time behind Drew Breeze, you have your next franchise quarterback set in stone. I know what you're saying. I do. But nobody's looking forward to that day, and nobody's really wanting to get into that yet. Until and that—that's the harsh reality of it, no, though. It's not the harsh reality of it because we're not going to bring in a, and waste a, a top pick. Or, I'm not saying it has to be a top pick. Gardner Minshew was taken in the sixth round of the draft this year. Brady I, was even taken in the sixth round of his draft. But there's not just—I agree. I think that they just wanted to put more pieces around Breeze rather than getting his successor. Um, having Taysom Hill and uh, Teddy Bridgewater definitely isn't ideal <laughs> for a backup plan. However, I think if we can slow the game down a little bit and just play possession football, we can get out of this little slump with Breeze, you know, not 0 and 6. And I do agree with you. We should have had a better plan at backup. But I think when we go for our next backup, it's going to be our next franchise quarterback. 
And I think right now we're really just trying to, I think we're really trying to get Breeze another ring and then send him on his way. And if we have to, you know, instead of picking backup quarterbacks to train and, you know, groom and kind of push Breeze out, I think they're just going to continue to get serviceable backups like Josh McCown, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill instead, and then just draft young guys that we can put around Breeze to, I guess, elongate his career. I mean, we, and I mean, they have I, it. You guys have bolstered your O line. You brought in Kamara. You just extended Michael Thomas. Brought in Jared Cook. That defense is looking rather nice as well. Well, why do you think the defense looks good though? Because we picked high. We we picked instead of getting guys like Lamar Jackson when we traded up in the last year's draft or two years ago. We could have gotten Lamar Jackson. I mean, we probably should have. Now that I think, like looking at how good he is, but we have. We have no defense prior to that. And with the past few drafts, we have really turned our defense into a serviceable unit. Then again, it's still not the best. But even when Drew Brees was throwing for 5,000 yards, we were still going 9-7. and seven. So we had to address the obvious elephant in the room, which was we needed defense and we need players. And so I think that's kind of the route they took rather than getting the successor because I just think Drew Brees is too – ingrained into the I don't think he's done anytime soon per se I mean if we won a Super Bowl that's different but it would be nice to have a guy like you know you know Patrick Mahomes sitting on our bench like he was with Alex Smith but Alex Smith wasn't what Drew Brees is to New Orleans you know Alex Smith wasn't what Tom Brady was to the Patriots and Going to the Patriots now, look at what they did with their quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. There's no, there's no time soon that we're going to just turn this new era over. It's not going to be a, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt when it happens, but it's going to happen in organic time. I don't think they're trying to force Breeze out or rush him out. Um, I, I just, you know. I hope Sean Payton, I think he lives for moments like this, to be honest. Everybody's going to be looking at how we defend, you know, going out there with Breeze being hurt, how we're going to play. And I think Sean Payton's going to have our guys ready. I think he's going to have Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill both on the same page, both understanding that this is a, a dual quarterback system. And that is, you know how much balls it takes to say I'm coming out with two quarterbacks? for an NFL fucking football team, that takes some balls. But it, you know what? It, it takes a lot of balls, but it's probably the last thing that you want to do. It's definitely not ideal. I agree. But this is why we have to do that, because we have to slow the game down. We have to muddy it up. We have to play ball possession. I don't. With Breeze sidelined with his injury, this offense, at least in my eyes, now is run through Kamara. Yes, I mean he he he's going to be era, but it's gonna be a it's gonna have to be a collective effort though. Uh, absolutely, everyone's gonna need to union together. Um, but I mean, when you have a star like that in the backfield, and you know your throwers are kind of in air, because don't get me wrong, it could have just been because it was his first play of the year. But Bridgewater really looked shaky last week against the Rams. Um, you never know; he could come out week three look a lot better. Um, but really. Your most trusted players are who need to stand out in Breeze's absence, Kamara and Michael Thomas. No doubt, man. No doubt. I actually agree with you. I just – I hope that as a collective, the Saints, you know, step up. Obviously, we're going to have everybody eyeing in on Kamara and Thomas. And I will, I will go back to Teddy Bridgewater. He looked as shaky as he did, and I agree with you. He looked a little nervous out there. He was just – he was – he was throwing the ball when there was not really pass rush. He thought he would feel the pass rush, and he just would make a quick throw. And, you know, when he would get pass rush, he wasn't getting rid of the ball fast enough. So these are things that are going to take time to work out, I guess. Because if you got it, you got it, though. Like Gardner Menchu, I, I don't know why I keep going back to him, but that dude just he showed me last night that if you are good enough in the NFL, if you're a good enough player and you're a gamer, you can go out there and do it. And back to my original point, we didn't help Bridgewater out enough. 
he made a few great throws that Jared Cook, for some reason, just didn't catch. Like, where, where's our Jared Cook been? Like, our big offseason signing. I have no idea where he's been. Michael Thomas, I think, even had a, like, really odd drop. Just, like, for no reason. Like, it just, you know, I think when Breeze goes down, it took a lot out of our team. But I think they're going to rally together and come out next week, you know, Sunday, and uh, at least put up a good fight. You know, that's all I can hope for, at least. It's true. Who knows? We might get blown out as well, but hey, that's neither here or there. I'm just here to talk about it. And I, if the Saints get blown out, then we get blown out. Because I, I, I do know that we are not the same team without Breeze. And I'm not going to sit here and deny that. So. Add to that. Well, we pretty much covered all uh, all basics on that. It's just a it, it's a doggy dog world, and you you just gotta take it as you go. You know what I mean? And that's really well, the only way it. to look at it. It's it's it, it, what happens. You just gotta plan. No, and obviously it's what they're doing. No, I. There's definitely questions why we haven't had a and, and 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 I'm not I'm not saying like what I, my point earlier about like for the future because I still think that's a thing but I'm talking about like plan for the this season. Right. I'm 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 looking at this season too. I'm not looking at next season or the year after that. But all right, let's uh let's transition to what has become a really interesting division which last year or a few years ago, people would have called maybe one of the worst divisions in the NFL, in the NFC East. But there's definitely no way you can say that now. And it doesn't even feel like the same teams are in that division. So, you know, I'll let you open this one up. What are your who, – who are you having coming out of that division at the end of the year? No, so. no let, me, let me better frame this. Are you guys going to win – y'all's games against Dallas well who I mean who really knows but man Dallas is a real squad in, in the NFC East so it's just it's getting really interesting I, I gotta think as an Eagles fan you're a little nervous I mean absolutely but really what's plaguing us and happened against us with the Falcons this past week injuries players getting hurt Deshaun Jackson abdominal strain Alshon Jeffrey calf Dallas Goddard calf these are three huge aspects to our passing offense and you look at somebody like Carson Wentz who I absolutely love and you still almost brought us back being as injury plagued having our third and fourth string receivers and even when you look at our team last year we made it to the divisional round in the playoffs with our third and fourth string cornerbacks as someone like Colin Coward had even said he called us uh recycled cans in the secondary if I'm not mistaken is what he had said last year good god so with that being said Dallas does have a squad I'm not worried about the Giants they're just in a rebuild Saquon's amazing I want to see how good Daniel Jones does Case Keenum gives some poise to the Redskins but I feel like they're close to a rebuild too Dwayne Haskins will be starting soon right and then there you just have your two top dogs between Philadelphia and Dallas when it comes down to both games, realistically, as a fan, I want us to go 2-0 and against them. It helps our playoff chances. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be a uh, split series. I think that's what's really going to be the trend for the Eagles-Dallas for a couple of years to come, um, just in terms with the youth that the, each team has, you know, the actual assets that each team has. And, like, they both have franchise quarterbacks. They, you know – have receiving cores. Philadelphia is working on the running backs. Miles Sanders has showed some poise. Um, and then when it comes down to that season long perspective, it also comes down to can Philly stay healthy? Can Dallas avoid their off field issues? And if I had to take my pick, I would probably say if Philadelphia can stay healthy with as tough as we play, and still having Jim Schwartz as our defensive coordinator, mastermind, and Doug Peterson, I say Philadelphia goes eleven and five and wins the division. Dallas goes ten and six and makes wild card. 
I'll say this. I think y'all split the series 1-1. But Dallas's schedule is a lot tougher than the Eagles' schedule. Y'all are going to finish probably 12-4, and 11-5. I would assume y'all should at least. I mean, I didn't expect y'all to lose last week. But, I mean, it happens. It's the NFL. Nothing wrong with it. Um, we lost three of our top weapons on offense. Well, that's just football. That's exactly. Exactly. Who knows? Because every week is such a random box of... And there was a missed block in the back on that last Julio Jones touchdown, too. But we're not going to talk about that. I, I see. I understand. I, um, I think y'all split the series, and I think y'all do end up winning the division. Giants, Redskins both know they're not playing for this year. Obviously, Eli Manning going out brings a lot of hope for the Giants. <laughs> I hate to say it, like not hope, but excitement for the Giants with Daniel Jones coming in. I'm, yeah, I'm excited for the Giants on that front too. <laughs> extremely excited for the Giants, and I'm not even a you know Giants fan or, or whatever. I don't have to be a fan. I'm excited for them. You know what? Fuck it. I could be excited for the Falcons because if they get a quarterback I like, I'll be excited for them. Fuck it. But you know, Daniel Jones has taken a lot of shit. And he's also played a lot of fucking good football. So we'll look for. I'm looking forward to him. He's got a fan in me. Um, obviously, Dwayne Haskins being the Ohio State quarterback. Uh, Urban Myers guy has a lot of knowledge about football already, and it's probably going to take a little longer to get, become his best version of himself. But it's incredible the way that some of these guys come out and they're just right away good. And I mean. It's not all about it, – it has a lot to do with the system and team as well because Jared Goff, man, he looked like a bust, and now he's MVP candidate. So. Yep. So hopefully uh, but the Redskins – I don't want to discredit Goff, but I feel as if the Rams system is meant for quarterbacks, kind of like New England's. I'm not discrediting him by any means, but I just yeah. feel that's how that's kind of ran. Well, if other teams, and I, I, I agree, I think if other teams were smart, they would look at what, you know, the, the, the Sean McVay's, the Sean Payton's, the Andy Reid's of the world are doing and emulate that. I think John Harbaugh's done that with uh, the Ravens. And th- that team, that team's got an offense now. You know, these schemes and these offensive coaches have to be in unison aligned with their quarterback and which, with, with, and with which way the direction of the league is going, which is, pass heavy obviously you can't pass 60 times in a game and expect to win but you've you've got to set your team up for the big play downfield and you know certain teams haven't done that and they're going to catch up they'll eventually catch up but they're going to have to uh they're going to suck because i mean every every team it seems like i mean if you got the right system and you got a serviceable quarterback you can score points in this league (laughs) It's almost absolutely. It's almost become more normal now to have, you know, the air raid attack, because everybody's just playing copycat. If it's working in Los Angeles and it's working in Kansas City, it yep, and it's working in San Fran. Next working. thing you know, Arizona's going to be showing up, and it's like I don't think San Francisco's had a three and out yet this year. So exactly, obviously, it worked in New Orleans, the Saints, uh, Sean Payton Super Bowl. So I mean. There's just a lot of teams that are just having to make that learning curve, and I just hope no young quarterbacks get stuck with a guy like Jeff Fisher, who thankfully is not in the league anymore. Um, I think that the the guy up in in New New York, the Jets. I, I hope Adam Gase. I hope Adam Gase doesn't, you know, ruin Darnold's career. <laughs> right, like you got to. I mean, Freddie Kitchens has to put a better game plan out there too. I mean. And I feel so bad for Josh Rosen. I mean, he's starting this week for the Dolphins, but we're talking about Miami here, so. Exactly. But he, I, he, he, he has to make some plays. If he can't make some plays, then that tells you what you need to know because I, even though we don't expect him to win, I still expect him to make plays. And that's how you know if he's, if he's for your future or not. Exactly. So, All right, so I think we got Philadelphia in it finishing up probably – First in the division. I do think y'all split with Dallas, though. I think Dallas makes I, I agree. I definitely think we split with Dallas this year. Okay, cool. So, who knows what y'all's final record is? We'll discuss that as the season progresses. Because right now, it's one and one. Am I correct? One and one? 
Yep, one and one. I mean, from the outside looking in, though, with the ease of schedule, I would probably say at best 12 and four, at worst 11 and five for the Eagles season, winning the division. Now, I will say, yeah, I totally agree. I think Carson Wentz has to play a little better. Am I wrong? And see, I do agree with you. Um, but I will say, and this is coming from aspect of watching his performance last week, he did look a little shaky. But if it was not for Carson Wentz, we would not have still been in that football game. Absolutely. Carson Wentz is the reason why we took the lead as late as we did in the fourth quarter. Be it that, yes, we did still wind up losing. But Carson Wentz is showing the poise that he is still the playmaker that we knew he was when he first came into the league. I think once he gets these you know, couple weeks out of him, basically the rust coming off of him because pretty much you know, two back-to-back seasons being hurt, torn ACL, he had a fractured vertebrae in his back, and he's coming back, and this is the Wentz Revenge Tour. He is ready to have a great year. I agree, I agree. All righty. Um, let's take this show on to the Chiefs and the Ravens. Wow. Probably the sauciest matchup of this week. We'll uh we'll get through these last two and then we'll have we'll get through this topic and then we'll have best for last coming up after that. And uh a little power rankings maybe, top three power rankings. We don't need to go into five or ten teams, top three. So Chiefs Ravens, wow, we are so- I see it as Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. Super lucky, man, to get this in week three. I I mean, yeah. They're- this is a potential playoff matchup. This is a potential AFC championship matchup. Mm-hmm. It'll be a great it'll be a great offensive showcase. I hope some defense shows up, but if you're betting the over under on points, I I'd imagine at least sixty between the two of them. Oh, I know. This is going to almost be an equivalent of how the Chiefs-Rams game was last year. And just, This is going to be a shootout. Speaking of, got breaking news that Damian Williams will not be playing on Sunday against the Ravens. So, so fantasy people, if you have LaShawn McCoy, start him. Facts. Right. Okay. There we go. Yeah, that's a great, uh, great fantasy grab right there for anybody out there who has a LaShawn McCoy. Oh, Shady McCoy. So, do you want to give us a score prediction of this Chiefs-Ravens game? Oh, man, oh, man. I'm looking at a 38-34 to 34 thriller with the Chiefs coming out on top because Patrick Mahomes is who he is. All he needs is a one drive. All he needs is the last drive. <laughs> he basically guarantees you to win, but... Absolutely, because when you look at the assets that Mahomes has compared to the assets that Lamar Jackson has, Mahomes definitely has that edge. I think Baltimore has a better defense. But when it comes to overall playmakers, like he's got someone like Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill. I'm not sure what his status is, but Demarcus Robinson had a breakout week. He has very good weapons, whereas Lamar Jackson just has very great skill set and new breakout sophomore year tight end Mark Andrews uh, as well as Hollywood Brown. Exactly. No, there's... On paper, definitely the Chiefs stand out more to me. But just from, you know, just what I've seen from both of them, the game will be electric. I just think Mahomes gets the edge in this one. Not a bad... If not, if not, and Lamar Jackson gets the edge, Mahomes gets his revenge in the playoffs. That'd be such a good storyline to follow after this game. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. I, uh, I don't know who is going to win, but if I had to choose, I'll go with Lamar Jackson, 42-37. I just don't think that Chiefs defense is even serviceable at this point. They were ranked 30th in the league last year. Yeah. So, I got Baltimore winning, 42-37. I got it written down. We'll be back here in the next episode to uh, – See if we were correct on Monday or if we look really stupid. So, either way, <laughs> that's what we're here for. <laughs> All righty. Anything else you want to add to that? No, not necessarily. Other than, again, let me re- reinstate 
that game will be electric. If your eyes are not glued to that game as it starts, why are you watching football? <laughs> I don't know. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this one. Best for last. Best for last. And we'll give our top three teams. And then I want to discuss the Rams versus Browns game. Monday night? Monday night. No. Sunday night? Sunday night. Man, I, I, I cannot tell you that. I, I just – I am looking so forward to this game more than any other game, honestly, this weekend. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb, though. I'm going to take the Browns in a 20 – like 28-20 victory. I don't know why, but I feel like the offense that L.A. has been showing lately, I don't – it just doesn't look the same. And I think they don't play as well on the road. Being in Cleveland, they should put up way more than 20 points. Mm, you know what? I preface that 35-28. I, I just don't know why, but I got a feeling Cleveland comes out on top. Tell me why I'm wrong. I mean, realistically, I did want to correct you. I'm pretty sure that game is in Los Angeles. But – um what I do want to add on to that is I think it's not going to be that high scoring. I still think Cleveland does come out on top. I think this is the week that Baker Mayfield shows us what he really has to work with to show that Cleveland has the potential to be a playoff team, wild card team. I don't think they're going to beat the Ravens in the division. I think they have a shot at wild card. If I'm given a score prediction, we're looking at 20 to 17 in favor of Cleveland. Now, in terms of offensive skill set, Nick Chubb showed a lot of poise. The addition of Odell Beckham, fantastic. He scored that 80-yard touchdown last week. Amazing. David Njoku, you can hope he's healthy, had a nasty fall. And then you look at what the Rams have been doing, and I 100% agree with you. Their offense has honestly been a little underwhelming. Now, they really didn't score as much as you would have, I guess, thought in a shootout with the Saints. Um, every, you know, everyone was kind of expecting that to be, you know, super high scoring probably, but wound up being more defensive, which is honestly what should have been expected from those two heavy hitters. Week one, they played the Panthers. I'm sorry. The Panthers are a lost cause this season. Cam Newton, he <laughs> just keeps getting hurt. He can't throw the ball downfield and he dresses like the big bad wolf from little red riding hood. So <laughs> damn, that's funny. No, that's funny. <laughs> um, I like your analysis, man. I do. I think that uh, you got a lot of good points in there, and you know, I hope that it's a, uh, I hope that it's as as much of a shootout as I thought it was going to be, going into the season. But the offense for the Browns hasn't been there all year. I just feel like in this game, specifically, it's they're 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 going to have their coming out party. OBJ on the big lights, in LA or in Cleveland, either way, against LA, you know. I think he's going to really elevate his game. And uh, I think Baker Mayfield comes out and plays, you know, I, I feel like he's going to have a huge game. So I, I'm excited to see it. You know, I, I don't think a lot of people will say that. Um, I don't know if a lot of people are saying, but I, I, I just got to agree that, uh, or I got to admit, I agree that the Browns, I hope they I, – I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win. So, point blank period. I do agree. I do agree. I, no I just think it's going to be a little bit closer Word. than some would necessarily think. I feel like majority of the nation is thinking, you know, oh, Cleveland, you know, young team. You have the Rams, a lot of veterans, explosiveness but I think this is going to be another defensive battle this week. Fair enough, my dude. Fair enough. I mean, we have set these, these games up on a platter. So I want to ask you now, I'll go ahead and give mine first, but I want to ask you who your top three teams are and, you know, why you, you know, have them where they're at. I'll, uh, do you want me to go first or you can go first? 
Uh, I already got my three on the top of my head. So. Hear me? Yes. Okay, you're on speaker again. And then, yeah, I've got the three right here, right now. Number three, the Baltimore Ravens. They've been explosive. Lamar Jackson is indeed the truth. Don't compare him to Michael Vick. He's Lamar Jackson. Baltimore will win the AFC North. Baltimore has a very great chance of being with Kansas City as like a one and two seed. I don't think Baltimore goes any lower than the three seed. Their defense, their offense, it's all clicking right now. The way Harbaugh is running that team, they're almost unstoppable. And that's why I'm super excited for that Chiefs-Ravens matchup. And it takes me to number two, the Kansas City Chiefs. You look at what they did last year. They're absolutely replicating it this year. The Chiefs, they're Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, just so so stand out. It's ridiculous. The only thing I really look for from the Chiefs is their defense. Their offense is usually so good, it puts them up so much. Their defense really doesn't have to worry that much. But in really close games, what are you going to do? You need to lock up. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble later in the season. And that takes me to number one, the New England Patriots. It pains me to say it, but they just look amazing. Yes, they played the Dolphins in week two. They cremated the Steelers in week one. Um, but still have Tom Brady and Belichick. That is the GOAT and the GOAT, basically. Right. Um, then Josh Gordon. Boom, he's cleared to play. He's looking like Flash. He's a great big-bodied 50-50 ball receiver. Somehow they wind up getting their hands on Antonio Brown, who this year, yes, he's kind of a nutcase, I'm not going to lie, but he is still Antonio Brown. Probably, arguably, the best receiver in all of football. And then you have arguably the best quarterback in all of football throwing it to him. Exactly. It's, That's a good enough reason it, for them to be and number one. So. Especially, like, yes, they did play the Dolphins last week, but their defense has looked stout. That it has. And <laughs> that was one thing that they kind of showed last year in the Super Bowl against the Rams, and they had adjusted last year, too, from the following year as with as high scoring as that Super Bowl was between the Eagles and the Patriots. Wow, yeah. No, they did. I mean... They definitely bolstered it from the Super Bowl with the Eagles into the next season. You know, they gave up how many yards to Nick Foles and how many touchdowns to Nick Foles. God, I mean, he might Nick still... Foles still has the most recent touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. Exactly. The most recent touchdown was scored by Sony Michelle, be it that. But in terms of passing touchdown, that's Nick Foles. Pretty interesting stat right there. Foles has the most recent NFL touchdown against... The Patriots or a Super Bowl touchdown. Okay, so you have so you had Baltimore, Kansas City, New England. Yep, that's okay. three through one. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and give you mine. Uh, gonna not make it too long. Um, number three, Green Bay. I just think they have a a much better defense than people want to say and give them credit for. Not give them credit for, but believe just because Green Bay hasn't had a defense in forever. You know, I can understand how that feels Green Bay fans you know I had a guy throwing for the 5,000 yards and still not making the playoffs and Drew Brees so they'll have a defense now you got a head coach uh, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers seem to have a unique relationship you know they're getting chippy with each other but it was in a professional way you need that you need open line of communication you can't have Aaron Rodgers doing his own thing out there with Matt LaFleur calling a play and them two just not meshing they, they they're both I believe their interests are aligned I believe that they have a game plan and they believe they have a framework that they're going to try to put out on every Sunday. So, And Matt LaFleur going to Green Bay was the best thing for Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. that was. But Aaron Rodgers is also the best thing for Matt LaFleur because Matt LaFleur went from being giving plays to Marcus Mariota to giving plays to the Hail Mary King. Mm-hmm. The – you give me two minutes left in the fourth quarter and I'm going to take my team down and win guy. Exactly. And then at number two, I have Baltimore. Uh, Really good team, really good defense, really good quarterback. 
Number two, Baltimore. Number one, New England. I left Kansas City out of my top three simply because they're going to play each other this week. So I'm going to give the edge to Baltimore until Kansas City potentially beats them or Baltimore beats them. Either way, one of them won't be in the top three next week. So I have Baltimore at number two and New England at number one because New England simply is the best team in the NFL. And they don't even use a high-powered offense, but they methodically beat you and they methodically just break you down. So, you know, Green Bay, Baltimore, New England. And, uh, you know, week two, I think that's pretty unique. Green Bay, Baltimore, New England. Obviously, New England's no surprise at number one, but I like this new look Green Bay, and I, I like I love Baltimore this year, so it'll be a it'll be a fun season to to have unfold for us. Oh, fantastic football season! I cannot wait. Agreed, man. Agreed. I can't either. And it's already here, and I still can't wait. <laughs> no, I just can't. I, I know. I know what you're saying. So it, it's going to just get better and better. The better it gets, the better it gets. So. You know, I think it's like 71 degrees here down here in the panhandle. It feels amazing, you know. Yep, we're looking at a crisp 88 degrees down here in central Florida. Brutal. Brutal. So. But, man, it's been a good show. I think uh, episode one was a success. We are 51 minutes in. I think uh, we got a lot covered. We put a lot of value out there, put a lot of information out there, and – uh I'm looking forward to uh, the next uh, next next episode. Oh, and as am I. And to any listeners out there, any questions, potential requests that could be answered in the next episode, obviously feel free to send them our way. Shall be discussed and addressed in next episode. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. And uh, if you want to find me on social media, I am Philip underscore Philip. F-I-L-L-U-P underscore on Twitter. And then on Instagram, underscore Philip, underscore Andrew. And uh, yeah, so if you want to put your Twitter out here, you can go ahead and lay it out there, Ryan. Yeah, if you guys are trying to link up with myself, you can find me on Twitter at CosmosportsRyan. That's a capital C in Cosmo, capital S in Sports, and a capital R in Ryan. No spaces. No underscores. And, yeah. Beautiful, man. Well, hey, I think uh, I think we can't beat these dead horses anymore, man. We, we've really sucked the milk out of these uh, topics. <laughs> I agree. Sweet, dude. Well, to all you guys listening out there, I wish you nothing but blessings. I send you tons of positivity, tons of happiness, tons of love, tons of light. And I uh, look forward to talking to you guys next time. All you guys have a great weekend. All righty. Roger that. We'll be out.